You're listening to a Play by the Rules podcast, making sport inclusive, safe and fair. It's a great pleasure to have Karen Boland with me uh, today, who's the Children's Guardian at the Office of the Children's Guardian in New South Wales. Karen's also on the Management Committee for for Play by the Rules. Now, uh, Karen, I do want to get to talk about some of the outcomes that are coming out of the Royal Commission uh, into Institutional Responses to Child Abuse. Uh, we'll, We'll come to that in time and with working with Children Checks too, but... Can you tell us first maybe a little bit about the work of the um, Office of Children's Guardian? Sure. Basically, it's a regulatory agency. So what we deal with is all of the regulation that's associating with keeping kids safe um, in particular industries. So we actually look after kids um, in the out-of-home care area. We also look after kids in the children's employment area. Um, We administer the Working with Children check and we have a large compliance component of that and education compliance in relation to that. And so that basically forms the underpinning, if you like, of a safety net for kids in New South Wales Um, and it it operates as quite an efficient um, little outfit. Mm. Sporting organisations across New South Wales have have been part of, obviously, part of uh, working with, with children checks. What's your view in... You know, the effectiveness of, of that in terms of, one, perhaps raising the issue of child safety, but also as a kind of a, a deterrent. What's, what's your view on that for sporting organisations? The Working with Children Check in New South Wales has been around for about um, 15 years and it was completely overhauled in 2013. I think it's got high community awareness and high credibility. Its benefits um, under the new system are that it will screen out people who've got offending that puts children at risk in a workplace environment or, you know, if you're with a volunteer. Um, so it just it screens people out. So what we say is that, well, that's one element of a child-safe organisation. It'll tell you about people's past, but it won't tell you about their future behaviour or their future offending trajectory. And therefore, people really need to do more than just rely upon working with children check. And that's why we've just released our child safe principles. And indeed, we've been working for quite some time, particularly in the sporting sector. We recognise that the sporting sector's got particular challenges because it is um, often largely volunteer-based. There's a lot of volatility in in the volunteer base, a lot of turnover. Um, and associated with the working with children check, we also recognise that there is obviously for sports an administrative burden uh, in administering and ensuring that people have working with children checks. But on the other hand, they can rely upon the fact that in fact they've screened people out that shouldn't be working with kids. So really the, the fundamental is to use that as one tool in a toolkit. And what we've done recently is Uh, released a whole lot of e-learning to people which really goes through the elements of a child safe organisation and gives you some really practical hands on things that you can do um, in relation to your organisation. Let's go to the principles and I'll put you on the spot. First one being the organisation focuses on what is best for children and how can a sporting organisation focus on what's uh, best for children? What's some ways to do that? You know, I would call it the bleeding obvious. If you're in the business of an activity and your primary objective is to engage children in a sporting activity, then obviously you want to do that in the best interests of children. 
So it's really trying to put a child lens across that. Often adults in these circumstances think about all of the things they have to do in order to organise things, but they don't often think about, well, how is the child experiencing this? So it's really just about thinking about, well, you know, I, we're in this business, to call it a business. For kids, are they enjoying it? Are they having fun? Um, or are we just organising them into an activity? Do we listen to them? It leads us on to the next one. But, I mean, I, I think that it, it really is quite simple. It's, it's really trying to, if you like, get out of your, you know, get out of your own way in a sense and just think from the child's perspective, what's the child feedback and... You know, how, how do you deal with, you know, distressed kids when they're distressed? Do we ask extra questions or do we, you know, do something different? Over the years that I've been doing this job, it's incredibly, it's a, it's a real leveller uh, to, if you do actually ask kids, what they want is something yeah. really simple. You know, it's as simple as, let me just finish my sentence, let me have my say, or give me a little bit of respect here, or... Can you keep me informed about what's happening? Or could you just explain that a bit more? If you've told me to do X, just don't shout at me to do X. Can you explain why I'm doing that? It's a really basic uh, stuff and it makes such a huge difference to kids. And I'm always sort of humbled by how Mm. simple they make it sound. And yet in the hurly-burly of the organisation and the this and the that, um, some of that sometimes gets lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah sports, sports yeah. obviously sometimes, mm. like you say, it does lend itself yeah. to that. And it can, it's very emotional. Sport's very connected for people. And so it kind of leads on to the second, um, second principle here, that all children are respected and treated fairly. Even in the heat of the moment, even when um, in the midst of competition and things in sport, your second principle is very important. I think the participation of kids and that principle about just treating kids fairly, I mean, it goes without saying, play by the rules is <laughs> all about that. But I think you're right in the heat of the moment. Is it win or is it have fun or is it, you know, is it win at any cost? I think the, the bottom line in any of this would be, you know, engagement. Um, and if that engagement encumbers competition, which inevitably sport does, it brings out the competitive nature in all of us. It's just that it be done um, in relation to kids in a fair and participatory fashion, you know, that mm-hmm. there's at least a recognition the way that kids experience things. Probably sits with them for a very long time. Um, it obviously determines whether they go on playing a sport or not a sport. So, I mean, I think you can also extrapolate that out into a bigger space which says, well, you know, if we get it right here, um, we're likely to keep kids participating in sports. Um, and that's certainly a very yeah, simple yeah. things, isn't it? Like language used yeah. and the way you behave and, and the way you address children and things like that. Yeah. Views and respect and, and safety and things. With the, the third one, which I really like, it, children's families and communities are welcome and encouraged to participate in the organisation. Now, how might a sporting organisation uh, do that? I think it's really about that engagement um, and making sure that the kids see that this is an engagement, this is a partnership, we're working together to keep this you know, club going, to keep this activity pleasant and friendly. So I think those things are you know, at the heart of what a child-safe organisation are. Some of the bigger issues we have, uh, obviously, in relation to parents' sideline behaviour, which, of course, Play by the Rules has just done some fabulous work on. Um, And certainly that's what we see when we're out talking to people, that that kind of behaviour is 
not the kind of environment in which kids thrive. Um, and I think that clubs and competitions can encourage or discourage that kind of behaviour. They can substitute that behaviour. I think there's quite a lot that can be done in relation to making that you know, a community activity where kids' effort is valued. The final one, there's a couple of really interesting words there. Uh, children receive services from skilled and caring adults. Uh, I'd have to say a lot of most people in sport, obviously, 99.9, do really care and uh, are quite skilled uh, as well. And uh, what, do you, what do you kind of mean by skilled and caring adults? What we're talking about there is that they come with a... Uh, and an empathetic lens. They come, they're there to enjoy the children and the young people as much as they're going to enjoy their sport. Their skill base is ensuring that kids enjoy um, and they get enjoyment mm. from that. I mean, I, I think um, particularly in junior sport, uh, you know, whatever level, I think some of the challenges for kids, and I think that... Um, this has been looked at at the moment about the dropout rate of kids once they reach adolescence or get you know partway through their competitive life about whether that's actually for them and I think there's some real learning um, and listening to kids that we could do just at that point in time to work out well what is it that discourages kids from continuing at that point in time is it not just commitment and you know they want to do other things with their friends um, but is it something about the environment that's cre been created yeah. and indeed whether there be other types of physical activity that don't actually fall directly into that I suppose competitive sport at no matter what level whether there's some other sort of recreational activity that you know is a social sport or um, modified versions of particular sports um, I think all of those initiatives and certainly having a closer look at those types of activities I think all of that is incredibly positive because sport is actually about building a community. Yeah. Coming back to the, the Royal Commission now you were mm. involved with, with that you know parts of it of course were quite harrowing and, and difficult for, for sport but what are some of the more positive lessons that we think come out of the Royal Commission inquiry? Look, I think a really fundamental basic thing from our perspective because it really goes to what the elements of a child safe organisation are is that there is an openness and transparency emerging out of the Royal Commission so the first stage is to name it to acknowledge it that it's happened in our organisation sexual abuse of children has occurred that this is not what we stand for and we are open and transparent about our systems um, and we make it very clear that it's unacceptable behaviour and won't be tolerated. So I think from a broader public perspective, uh, that's been one of the really critical elements of the Royal Commission is indeed showing the community how prevalent it was and how silent people were and how that silence resulted in terrible, shocking uh, misery and unhappiness for young children who grew up uh, yeah. with the knowledge that what had happened to them wasn't right. Mm. So I think they're the two main things that come out of the Royal Commission. The, the more detailed uh, case studies and some of the research work that they've done will obviously create a legacy for a very long time about what's available and um, how that can be the lens of you know, which we uh, look at our work, the kind of evidence that will drive our work. All of those things have been really important outcomes from the Royal Commission. I think also from the sports sector, 
it uh, the the Royal Commission's spent quite a lot of time looking at case studies in the sports sector and uh, variously going around the states. And and again, I think it's really been an eye opener for people uh, that this level of abuse has occurred in the first instance. And the second instance, what can we all do together to look at this with a different point of view and how do we move forward and make sure that everyone's in the same space? I suppose in the sports sector, we're not just talking about the coaches, the referees, the organisations. We're also talking junior levels, what role do parents have? What role do volunteers have? And I suppose when we look at things, we look at that dynamic because it's all of those people working together that will create a child-safe organisation. Yeah, the whole, that kind of definition mm. of, of abuse um, as well, what, what's the, the, the Royal Commission dealt with the kind of high-end sexual abuse kind of issues? But abuse is very broad, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the Royal Commission has also looked at physical abuse, mm. but it's obviously it's terms of reference around sexual abuse. Certainly there's a recognition in New South Wales and most of the other states that you know it's hard often to distinguish between low-level grooming, physical assault, the higher end of the spectrum on sexual assault. Um, it's a bit more obvious, but there is a spectrum in there. And I think one of the most difficult areas uh, that people find, and um, certainly most of the questions that we get asked about, are in relation to grooming behaviours. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in sport, the nature of the activity uh, lends itself uh, to environments where grooming could happen. And grooming really is about not just grooming a child, it's about grooming a family, it's about grooming parents, um, it's about getting those people to trust you in order, and once you've gained trust, then it can lead to other things. So that early, those early signs are very difficult to distinguish between what is just normal, you know, perhaps enthusiasm in relation to a particular strength the child has um, versus, you know, how does it go further? And so they're the kinds of questions that we get asked a lot about. Yeah, it's mm. difficult, isn't it? For, it's very for, difficult. <coughs> for sports, mm. you know, they're not yes. experts in these no. fields and yet we know this is occurring within sports. So it's a real challenge. Uh, it's a real challenge mm. everywhere um, and I'm not... Absolutely, it's a challenge in sport, but it is a very challenging area. And mm. and often, when you speak to people about it, it will be after the event when they're looking back that they can mm, see. Sure. Of course, this is what happened. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. Before we uh, before we sign off, maybe one more point towards the resources that are on uh, your website. We have, of course have plenty on play by the rules as well, including the, the child protection online course, but your online learning and um, the, the principles as well. Where would people find that? If they go to our website, which is kidsguardian.nsw.gov.au, click on Child Safe Organisations, um, you'll find an enormous amount of material there. All of our material is absolutely able to be downloaded, taken. It's free. We encourage people to use it, copy it, duplicate it, uh, just recognise at the bottom. The e-learning in particular, uh, I think this signals a really big change in the way that we here in our office want to do work. We've spent a lot of time on face-to-face -face training or on webinars, training people with, I suppose, a, 
um, a one-size child-safe training kit, and we think that we've we've probably got saturation level now. We've got a kind of a a base level of understanding about what child safe is and we need to take it up to the next step which is giving people specifics about what they can do in their particular organisations to keep kids safe. So the e-learning is all part of that change direction for the office and what we're encouraging people to do is go online and it's in five modules um, about what, how, what and how you can create a child safe organisation. Um, and we're going to link that e-learning together with our tailored training. So what we'll be offering people is more tailored, if you like, consultation services where we'll sit around with um, a particular sport, for example, and we'll say, well, here's the e-learning. Um, how does that translate into your workplace? And we'll help actually design a child-safe system or framework which they can go out and trial and play around with and see what works and what doesn't work and we can come back and we can fine-tune that. Yeah. And that goes hand-in-glove with a lot of um, material that we've developed actually for children because I think what we say is if there's something not quite right happening in an organisation, a child will be your first They'll raise the alarm first. They might not raise it directly, but they'll raise it as a, a point of distress or they might raise it in anger. Um, and what we say about that is that that's when you have your first opportunity to find out if there's something not right in the organisation and you need to ask some more questions. And so what we've also developed is a range of tools for kids, storybooks and so forth, um, which help them identify when they don't feel comfortable and who they should talk to. And we're just developing one in relation to kids that are you know, up to about 11 years old. So that's in the pipeline at the moment and we'll keep you posted. <laughs> um, and then for the older kids, have something a bit more straightforward. Excellent. Excellent. They're quite unique, really, in, in, yes. in terms of the sorts of tools from a kid's perspective yeah. that sports could easily adapt and, and modify for their, for their own use. Yes, mm. absolutely. As usual, great pleasure to, to meet up with, um, with Karen, so thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to a Play By The Rules podcast. For more podcasts, go to playbytherules.net.au.